For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. There and hey, we're live. Welcome back to the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. It is me, managing editor Nick Hausman, and uh, I am happy to be back here on Wednesday as I am every week to talk the uh, SmackDown of last night and the news of the past couple days. And this week, I am joined by my regular sidekick, Justin Labar. Justin, would you like to say hello? Hello, good morning. Um, and Glenn Rubenstein is not here today. Glenn is jet setting somewhere enjoying himself. I think a Robbie Williams concert. I'm not really sure where Glenn is, but we have in his place, the man at the top of the food chain, the executive editor, the owner, proprietor of wrestling Inc. Raj Geary. Raj, welcome back to the show. Hey guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh man. No problem. You can kind of do whatever you want. So... <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us on your podcast. <laughs> yes. Let's turn the table there on this one. Uh, it was, uh, it was a great night. I thought last night for wrestling, I thought Sm- raw, obviously let's start with raw. I didn't get to talk about, it. I know you did Raj with Matt and, and Glenn, but man, oh, man, raw was a chore on Monday night and it, it wasn't just kind of, Oh, I don't like the booking decisions or whatever. There was just kind of a general malaise. I thought to whatever was going on on Monday, uh, Justin, you want to chime in and, and give your thoughts on what you think happened on Monday night with raw? yeah it was just bad you know i don't i mean i don't want to like dissect it too much and but it was, it was just a lot of things that are bad i mean you know when you have a a, a jinder mahal versus no way jose match and that's not a slam on them individually it's just a matter of like it accomplished nothing it meant nothing neither guy is really doing anything it just like just that kind of helps sum up like it just was a lot of um just a lot of nothing yeah and it's and you know everybody said oh it's the holidays oh they're they're phoning it in around the holidays whatever you know last night SmackDown, I thought was a was a fine program, right? It's night and day. I I don't know what the big. I mean, I think. I mean, I I guess I can. I kind of have an idea of what's going on. It's not, if Vince McMahon's at Raw and he's not at SmackDown. Is is that, <laughs> that about right, Raj? Uh, yeah. You know what? Like, I felt like Raw. There was nothing that bad on it as far as like worst segment of the year that kind of thing. It was just a pure boring show, and you know, after an hour of just pure boredom. Those last uh, two hours, you know, really, really hit. So I, I thought it was just one of the worst shows of the year overall, even though nothing was particularly awful. Um, and yeah, SmackDown, uh, you know, was a thousand times better. Uh, I thought it just feels livelier. Um, you know, again, I, 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 there's nothing that's when I watch it that I'm like, I need to tune in next week necessarily, but they are, you know, setting up some good storylines. I like the AJ Daniel Bryan stuff. Becky Lynch is coming across as the biggest star in the company. Uh, Not outside of, you know, Ronda Rousey technically is because of the, her previous stardom, but Becky is the the one that feels like she has actual momentum. So I I thought the, I thought SmackDown was uh, was so many times better than Raw. Yeah, and, SmackDown. I'm sorry, go ahead, Justin. No, I was just gonna say one other thing. And, and with Raw, you know you're trapped in some boredom when Seth Rollins does an open challenge, and out comes Dolph Ziggler, and you oh, know you're gonna God. get a good match from these two. But you know you're trapped in repetitive boredom when you see Dolph Ziggler's the one that answers, and you just roll your eyes and groan and go, "All right, I guess I'll watch it again." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love good matches as much as the next guy, but without a story, um, 
or a good story, after a while, you've seen it all. I mean, I've seen Dolphins, Seth, you've seen it so many times that uh, unless there's some major step, I, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, I sat through an Ironman match of them here in Pittsburgh, and then I've watched them 20 other times on TV. That's enough for me. Yeah, yeah and again, it's a great match. It's that, it's, you know, starting the show with Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Leo Rush in the ring, this has just gone too fast for me. I don't know how we got to this point. I don't know why Bobby Lashley doesn't wear a shirt with his leather vest. I don't understand what's going on in, in the in the wrestling ring when I look at that. And if you're a casual wrestling fan and you're flipping over and you're looking at this, you're like, the hell's going on right now? First of all, I don't really know who any of these guys are. Maybe Lashley, but also just they look oh, – it's a weird grouping. doesn't seem natural, you know? And not to mention you had Baron Corbin. If you count each segment as 15 minutes, right? Uh, you had Baron Corbin in like five segments on the show, not counting the backstage stuff. That's a lot of segments for a guy that's not a top guy, you know, and, and is not super over. So I, I think he's doing well in his uh, – in his position, I think, you know, uh, with the, the promos and stuff, he's gotten way better, but that's a lot of time getting given to, to someone like that. I, I still don't get why I, I'm curious what the numbers were with Kurt Angle and in, in those similar segments, because unless they see a ratings increase, Kurt Angle just seems more interesting to watch, uh, you know, as, as general manager. Well, it did look like, it did look like a weird lineup from the usual suspects seeing those guys. I will say this, the one, the one positive from, the one positive I will take away from Raw is that while again it was repetitive, we've seen the whole Corbin call for a DQ and change, you know, change the rule or whatever, uh, or say no DQ. Um, they, you know, they don't have Roman, they don't have Braun. They they badly need to get a baby face and some sympathy, and they did that with Elias. Uh, even though again we've seen it done prior with Braun and other people, they did need to do that with Elias. I'm glad that they you know dedicated the time. What the, it, now? Do they capitalize on it moving forward? We'll see, but. How, how often do they capitalize? <laughs> you know, like uh, we say that all the time. SmackDown getting swept at Survivor Series. We're like, well, this has got to be leading to something big. We'll see what, how they follow up. And we have seen nothing towards that. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, you know, I, I get it. There's been some bumps in the road. There's, uh, you know, issues or whatever. But Raw is on an island of its own. SmackDown is back on track here after a couple rough weeks. NXT is on fire. Takeover was one of the greatest shows I've seen in like a year, if not longer. So something's something's weird here, you know. And and I, you know, we'll get into SmackDown here in just a second. But man, oh man, I did. I'm just so over the constant political overtones on Raw. I don't know what it is. There is definitely some repressive lashing out going on because the the storylines are, you know, if you're not a politico, if you're a child. I don't know how any of it makes any sense to anybody, the motives of what these guys are trying to accomplish on Monday night, because it is all like ripped from the headlines, political stuff, even the way they talk, you know, right side of history, wrong side of history, general manager elect, you know, all that. It's weird. It's very weird. Am I the only one who feels this? I didn't really catch on to that. Yeah, Dude. I never really noticed as many political ties as you're saying. But Go watch the first segment back and you see how many times they talk about Oh, uh, we've got to be on this guy. The right, the right side of history, wrong side of history stuff was driving me nuts. They did that week after. They said it multiple times. Last week, you had Steph talking about dismemberment, not towing the company line. Mm -hmm. There's all these weird lines getting thrown in, and it's like, what are you trying to accomplish here? None of this helps me make these stories make any sense. It, it becomes just a, a garbled... I don't know. It's just, it, it, Like you said, the show's boring. It's not going anywhere. A lot of the rhetoric they're using does not feel like natural rhetoric to me. It feels very forced, and I don't get it. I don't like it. 
I didn't get the political part, but I, th- I feel like the, the rhetoric and the promos are really bad. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll go back and break it down here because like I'll, I'll go back and watch that opening. There were several lines where I was like, this is some very pent up frustration right now about people that are having issues with authority figures outside of the WWE at the moment. Um, so anyway, uh, let me know if you think I'm right or wrong on that one. All right, let's try. Uh, let's jump on in here uh, about SmackDown Live. Uh, last night, SmackDown came to us from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I always love when they come up to Minnesota because, uh, again, Midwestern here. This is like when they come to the East Coast, Justin. You get to see your friends do things like the uh, the the conga line or whatever. Um, so uh, tonight, uh, SmackDown or last night, SmackDown opened uh, as SmackDown General Manager Paige welcomed us. She introduced SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch. Good to see Becky back. She looks great. Didn't notice any giant scars or anything. Uh, Becky made her way out to a, a huge pop, uh, and she uh, and uh, we had Tom Phillips joined by Corey Graves and Byron Sachs on commentary. Becky took the mic. Fans started chanting her name. She says, any time is too much time away when you're the hottest thing in the industry. She talked about how she wanted to fight at Survivor Series, but she got stopped. She goes on and says she's done watching because she's putting herself back into the game. So I guess she is cleared to wrestle again. Becky still wants to face Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey now that she is able to fight. She wants to go. She wants to get right to business. She calls Charlotte out. Uh, Charlotte comes, um, and she comes to the ring here. Fans are chanting for Becky again as Flair enters the ring. Becky says Flair almost gave Rousey the beating that she would have like Becky asked, but Rousey wouldn't be walking if it had been the man in the ring with her. Uh, I want to just stop right here for a second and just say, this is the dynamic I wanted from Charlotte and Becky. These two have an edge right now. They're kind of gray area characters. And I just thought the chemistry between these two was really strong. Justin, what'd you think here with the, uh, the attitude of Charlotte on her return? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. You know, I completely agree. I think it was, it was exactly what I wanted. You know, last week we, we, we kind of, um, you know, picked at Charlotte and how she, you know, at least I did. It felt like she was a little bit like a, a rip off of Becky. So, you know, that now this kind of all makes sense. Um, I liked it. And one other thing I want to note, uh, you know, we saw uh, Becky come out um, as I like the new graphics, the man graphics. And I, and I like it just, you know, it just feels more and more like it just the, the, the complete the presentations being complete uh, of her persona. You know, um, you know, I, I never quite understood Becky's persona in the past when when she would come out with the goggles and, and, and her entrance theme would have gears and I, I never really knew what what that was supposed to symbolize i'm glad they've done away with that and we have the man graphics and very just um it was you know simple black and white it just kind of you know plays right into her her attitude right now so i, I know it's a minor thing but those i do think that those go a long way the entire in terms of the entrance and the graphics and presentation yeah her hair really pops on that backdrop and i kind of you know we we talk about you know the stone cold influence on becky lynch right now black and white those are steve austin yeah. colors I mean, yeah. it's a difference. It's, it's it's similar again. If we want to draw the also comparisons, I just said how I never understood Becky's previous uh, attributes to her gimmick with the gears and the, and the logos and stuff like that. It's like going ringmaster to Stone Cold. It's just it's starting to make sense. Yeah, Raj, uh, I I agree. I think Becky's. Uh, I feel like she's the the hottest thing they've got going right now by far. I, and with her and Charlotte in the ring, it felt like a big deal. It felt like even though they've wrestled so many times in the past few months it felt like they are the biggest that they've ever been right now. And it felt like a big match when they announced the two of them. And I think when they announced the battle Royal, when you had all the women coming out, that was, yeah, I thought that kind of brought the segment down a little bit. It was still really good because of Becky and Charlotte, 
But, um, you know, one of my criticisms with how WWE treats the women's division is they just kind of clump everyone out uh, all the time. And they kind of did that here with the two groups coming out who, you know, are, are never friends. I, I, I would have preferred something more organic to lead to that. But Charlotte versus Becky felt like a big deal. And by putting the third person in, I felt like it, you know, brought it down a little bit, but I could see why they did it. It's different. They've done Charlotte versus Becky a lot. You know, to your guys' point, I do like the new graphics. I think Becky needs to change her music, though. Uh, that music, you know, she's got this new attitude, this kind of I don't give a F, uh, unpredictable, kind of crazy. Uh, it's not kissing anyone's ass. I'm glad they didn't do any, sh- uh, you know, shaking hands or hugging between Becky and Charlotte to start off the segment. I thought that hug a few weeks ago was a, uh, was a bad idea. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's great. Just give her some new music, something with a little more attitude i don't know i kind of like becky's music and the thing about changing music it's kind of like changing a logo right if it's not as good as the other one then you kind of ruined it a little bit you know I, people when they hear becky's music you get the ho you know fans are all into it it's recognizable i i think that's a kind of a risk if you change your music up a bit the ho reminds me of like something bailey would have like this happy go lucky uh, you know, changing someone's music. Can you imagine if Steve Austin kept that ringmaster music? You know, at some point, you gotta. It's got to reflect the character. You know, Becky before was very happy-go-lucky, and and you know, with the the goofy shades and everything. And she's a completely different character now. So I'm not saying you know. And granted, music can be hit or miss, but I think this current one isn't. Is, does no longer it no longer works for her, in my opinion. Uh, well, let's get back to it here. We got into a really exciting exchange here uh, with these two comparing each other to one another. Becky goes on and accused Flair of trying to be like her with this new attitude. And Flair says she's just trying to be herself, the seven-time champion, the only woman on either roster that's capable of giving Rousey the beating she deserved. Paige stood in between between them. Flair says she gave the beating to Rousey because she's genetically superior and has the mindset to do any solitary thing possible to get the job done. Becky says Flair just went from copying her old man, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair, to copying the man. And Becky said Flair is just a bootleg Becky trying to take on, basically go back and forth here with Flair saying that, you know, Becky is trying to be like her and uh, Becky saying Flair is trying to be like her, pulling on one another. I thought it was a really interesting rebuttal that Charlotte said, well, you're just trying to be my dad. I was very impressed with how Charlotte held her own here with Becky. This is the kind of fire. This is the kind of back and forth we needed between these two to get the, the, this feud back rolling again. I, I, I thought this was just very good. Um, Flair says, uh, uh, let's see here. They have words. Paige tells them to quiet down. Paige loves that she's fired up and loves the desire from Flair. She hasn't seen that in a while. Um, all of a sudden, music interrupts. Sonny Deville, Mandy Rose, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Zelina Vega, they take the stage. Rose says this is a joke and insulting. As Paige said, no one else has shown the drive and desire that Flair has. Rose says any of them could have done the exact same thing to Rousey, and any of them deserve a title match with Becky, but Paige doesn't give them the time of day. The music interrupts. Out comes Naomi, Carmella, Asuka, and Lana. Naomi takes the mic, but the fans break out in a chant for Asuka. Asuka's over, right? Yep. It's idea. I, I, last week, I got asked by somebody, "Oh, is, do you think that they've killed Oscar's momentum?" They cheered for her when Becky had to pick a replacement. They're going nuts for her again here tonight. Naomi says, "With all due respect, she knows that Paige is a questioning desire." This leads to Paige announcing a battle royal for tonight, where the main of, in the main event, 
where the winner of the battle royal will be inserted into this uh, TLC match with Becky and Charlotte, and it'll make a triple threat match. End end of segment. Really liked the fire. I thought this was better than anything I saw on Raw last night, and I'm totally on the hook. The women's division, another level right now for me uh, than the men's divisions on either roster um, of Raw or SmackDown. Justin, agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean, that whole segment was better than anything on Raw. And, um, you know, ever since the official push of the you know women's revolution you know they they want they want the perception to be that the women are as good as the men and they want they want uh, you know to feel adequate that the, that the women can anchor a show can main event a show um and, and this truly is this this is the best thing going on smackdown and arguably the best thing going in the whole company um not if you know counting raw and smackdown not talking nxt so yeah i mean this is it they they, they becky becky and, and com- becky and charlotte and and company they have they have elevated this to being the top deal I agree. I think this is the strongest the women's division has been, especially on SmackDown. On Raw, obviously, you got Ronda Rousey, who's the biggest star, but still feel like they do too much of the the clumping random women together every week. Dana Brooke was a heel on how to beat down this last Monday night. She was a babyface at Starcade over the weekend. Um, so they don't necessarily... They, they, they had a bad habit of not booking the men like uh, the women like the men. Uh, as far as storylines go. And I feel like that has changed on SmackDown, especially. I feel like the the Becky Charlotte is one of the best uh, book feuds of the year. I think the Beck, the Becky stuff has been the best booking that they've done over the past few months. So I think SmackDown, uh, the women's division is the most interesting, even though you got the bigger star with Rousey on Raw. Well, I'm okay with the clumping in this situation, Raj, because they needed to in order to, to for the Battle Royal. I mean, yes. it took an hour to have each woman come Oh, out. for sure. I, I just but, mean like every week. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think that that we're that they're not going to get away from that. Um, they're only going to get so far away from that until they have a women's only show because they still obviously give more segments for the most part to men. Um, so in order for them to still keep these women seen on TV and the faces familiar, it's almost like they have to do the clumping. Um, they have to do the clumping in order just to get them out there because they they still give more segments for the most part to the men. So until or, the women's or like, give a segment to the women and, that not going to uh, No Way Jose and Jinder Mahal and you know the <laughs> two agree. segments for the AOP. You know you, you can it's a three hour well, show. Well, you don't need yeah. to have every match be. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of time spent on uh, Drake yeah. Maverick pissing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I think that the women. It's it's evening out. It definitely I, the case a couple years ago would have been the men are monopolizing the segments on Raw and SmackDown. But I mean, SmackDown last night opened and closed with women's segments. I mean, we're you know we're about halfway there. I mean, yeah. kind of fifty fifty at this point. So um, I, I do kind of agree with Raj. I don't know that you necessarily need the clumping. I think you just need to continue to flush out these characters like they're doing with Charlotte and Becky. Um, and I, I think there's something to be said as well where they're not pushing them. Like the men, the men, it's real fast-paced PWG frenetic right now, I feel like, a lot of the time. That's what gets praised. The women have slowed it down. The women are doing a more traditional, old-school old school style, I would think, than the men right now. And that's why I think they're connecting a bit more. Um, let's go back to the action here. The Usos are backstage. They're back in action. They say that tonight they're going to welcome everybody to the Uso Penitentiary, leading us to a match between the Bar and the Usos. Uh, the Usos, non-title match here. The Usos were able to pick up the victory here, and I would imagine this is leading to some kind of match at TLC between the two teams. Always enjoy watching these guys wrestle. Uh, Usos kind of, I don't believe they were on the post-Smackdown edition of Survivor Series last week, were they? No? I don't think so. Yeah, so they were, they felt a little fresh. I hadn't seen them immediately. 
They came back. I was like, man, I love the Usos. Great bout. Just very good wrestling here. And after a hot segment that started the show where there were some emotional stakes, I wanted a little bit of wrestling here. This is exactly what I got. Good pacing. Raj? I thought the match was good. You can't go wrong with these guys. Um, again, it's that the, the, the tag team formula, it's always the same when they move to a new tag team. The, you know, the, the challengers always beat the champs. Now they're going to have a couple singles matches. And then they go to the, the tag title match. I'd like to see a little difference with how they do some of these tag team storylines but the match was great a few things here one wwe they this storyline was actually supposed to be an open challenge and wwe in the morning in their smackdown preview actually actually posted that the usos would be facing the bar and then throughout the day sheamus and cesaro are tweeting about an open challenge and you know who's going to step up and then the Usos accepted over Twitter. And this is hours later after it was already leaked. So that was kind of amusing. The Big Show, they dropped him from the, the bar. So it was a really oh. random pairing. You, you were wondering where they're going with it. And it was kind of nowhere. It was just uh, something while they were feuding with the New Day. <laughs> and he's already gone. Forgot that the bar's dad wasn't there last night. That's right. Where was dad, guys? Yeah, they did that backstage segment where he, he knocked out Cesaro. Um, that was... That's the end of that. Well, good. It did never make any sense to me. I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last week they did the thing with the New Day, and, and Big Show is taking table bumps and stuff at his age and, and his weight. Yeah. Oh, is that how they wrote him off, the table bump? Was that was that the end of it, maybe? I don't well, know. Well, they, they, they had a backstage segment where they showed the bar uh, ripping on Big Show for not helping out last week, and, and oh. you know. And then they knocked him, you know, then Big Show knocked out Cesaro. That's why Cesaro was selling his jaw when he walked out. Apologies. Last week's SmackDown was a bit of a fever dream for me. All right. Anyway, Justin. So, so, so Big Show has now turned 24 <laughs> times or 25 times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell because with some of the turns, he's kind of back to, he like, if, is he still a heel? But he's just not with, you know, uh, the bar. So we'll, we'll have to see. Oh. I, I demand that when he goes into the Hall of Fame, he needs to turn heel and face during his speech and make light of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then come back, he needs to do a double turn, right? Starts yeah. big, turn heel, finishes off with cream pie to the face or something. Because I love, I love. I think what was it the Austin podcast? I loved it when he like, yeah, know, laughed about it. He said, "I've turned more times than an NASCAR." Well, he, he hates the writers. He, you could tell, like he, he's always ragging on the WWE writers. He talks about yeah. how they don't know what he, what they're doing. And you see it with, with how they treat his character. I'd be pissed at them too. Didn't he? Didn't was it him that was just on Sirius that, that said he's like he can't tell the difference between the writers and <laughs> yep. some wrestlers. Yeah, he he thought uh, Drake Maverick was one of the writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, you know I do. I, I tweeted that out. I was like, I I wonder how Paul Ellering would react. Right? They walk up to him. He's with AOP, and they're like, Hey, Paul. We're gonna have you piss yourself tonight. It's really gonna help you get your monster tag team over. <laughs> I just don't see that conversation going. Well. No, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, big shows. Big shows gone. Dad's gone. We'll see if he comes back. Um, but yes, Usos bar. Love this match. Can't wait for the rematch. Um, and uh, I would guess at, at TLC, uh, we have we have two TLC matches now. But do we have any other gimmick matches announced? A tables match, a, a ladder match, chairs match. They'll probably get one of those, right? Did they stop doing the chairs matches? I felt like they kind of dropped that gimmick. Um, I think I was. They definitely stopped the stairs match. That <laughs> that was that was my all time favorite. Well, the chairs is as dumb as the the you know a chairs match is basically no DQ. Um, the tables match actually you have the step that you have to go through a table. A chairs match is not like once you use the chair you win. 
So that step never made sense. Ladders, obviously, and tables match. But so far, it's just the two TLC matches. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes a ladder or tables match in that case. That would be awesome if this was a ladder match. Because right now, I would assume that this would be on the pre-show uh, or early on on the show. But if it was a ladders match, this would, I think this could steal the show. Yeah, no, don't put these guys on the pre-show. I mean, these are four of the most talented guys in the company right now. Their chemistry is great. I would love, yeah, I'm with you. I'd love to see them in a ladder match. Um, After the match, Usos exit the ring. Bar looks on from the mat. We go backstage to the New Day and the Miz in the locker room. They're watching something and laughing, and Miz thinks they're watching the Marine Six and asks what their favorite parts are. They're actually watching and laughing at the Miz and Shane McMahon's loss to enhancement talent, Eli Everfly, last week. Uh, on last week's show, Miz goes on about how he and Shane have been fighting for SmackDown, including the match at Survivor Series. The New Day points out how they were the only ones to win a match for Team SmackDown at Survivor Series. Miz rants some more and says he can beat all three of them. He goes on and says he will go to his co-bestie Shane and get him to make a match for tonight. Uh, so a little back and forth here between Miz and, and New Day. And the Marine Six, very good. Not to be laughed at. Once again, really enjoyed that. Go check out the interview with James Nunn. Uh, still to a, big, a big twist that uh, James Nunn talked about with you guys. Have you seen this, Justin? Have you seen the movie? I haven't, but I did. I, but I did check out some of your interview. I know the twist. Ah! <laughs> so I check out the article, guys. Uh, just uh, Google. Uh, just search on our site, James Nunn. If you want, if you've seen the movie and and you, you want to know the reasoning behind the spoiler, uh, check it out. It's like the sixth sense. Like you can't say it. If you say it, it ruins the movie. I don't want to ruin the Marine Six for anybody. So check it out. Uh, still to come, a women's battle royal with TLC implications. Also, Jeff Hardy celebrates 20 years since his official WWE debut. We see AJ Styles backstage sitting in a chair, looking like he's deep in thought. A staffer approaches and tells him it's time. Styles gets up and heads to the ring as we go back to commercial. Back from the break. Out comes AJ for his first appearance since losing the WWE title to Daniel Bryan two weeks ago. Styles uh, takes the mic. Fans pop big for him. He talks about losing the title to Daniel Bryan. Says no one likes to lose, but what bothers him is the way he lost. Styles shows us the replay of the low blow that Daniel Bryan gave him. Then the heel turn following the match. Styles knew he had a target on his back as a champion, but he didn't think that target would have been would have moved somewhere else on his body. So, dick joke styles knows what it's like to want the wwe title so bad you'll do anything to get it but brian went too far after the match with the kicks to his face Styles says he wasn't medically cleared to compete at survivor series and he was just cleared this past week Styles says he watched from home while brian explained his actions last tuesday and we see a replay of, of daniel bryan's promo from last week where he declared the yes movement dead the new daniel bryan has arrived Styles is looking forward to beating Brian's face in and says, we don't have to wait till TLC. Fans chant, yes, now. And AJ says, Brian isn't here tonight, and he wasn't at the weekend live events. AJ says, it sounds like Brian has been watching Raw. <laughs> awesome. And got an idea of how they do things over there. But this is not Raw. It's the house that AJ Styles built. AJ says for 371 days, he never missed an event because this is where he belongs. He tells Brian to make sure he's at TLC. We can bring his dreams and excuses, but never forget the title. That's what AJ wants. He drops the mic. That's the end of it. Great shot at Raw. What I mean, like, how meta? What's going on right now? How meta is this that they they are self aware? They are doing bad programming on Monday night so that they can rag on it on Tuesday. Bizarre. 
bizarre. Well, <laughs> I mean, there are some different writers for each show, so it is kind of like a little bit of internal competition, I guess. Uh, you know, it, the, the promo is good. Actually, I'm, I'm more entertained by what's developed since uh, and Brian's response on social media, which is kind of like, you know, he used to work that same amount uh, of days that AJ's talking about, but now it's, you know, he, you know that's beneath him. I kind of like that response. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that in his match with Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan took on elements of Brock Lesnar, right? Now he is a part-time wrestler, right? He's got the title, <laughs> he doesn't work weekends. You know, he has become Brock Lesnar in a way, tiny Lesnar. Yeah, I, I like I really like Daniel Bryan's promo last week. I thought AJ's promo uh, last night was great. I thought that was one of his best baby fo- face baby face pro- bit. I cannot say it this morning, and I had my coffee. Baby face promos in a while. Uh, I I just I like I feel like AJ seems more interesting now without the belt chasing than as champion. He, I, I just I just think he's uh, he's got a little more fire, a little more spunk. This feud seems interesting, and Daniel Bryan is making those adjustments to his character uh, to make it that you want to see AJ get Brian and um, I, I'm, I'm digging it. I, I like it. Do you think AJ takes the title back now? Or do you think Brian beats him and moves on to new competition as the champ? I can see them doing a schmoz, a DQ or something. I think it's too soon for Daniel Bryan to lose it. Uh, I almost think Daniel Bryan holds it for a while. Um, I, I just don't see what else you could do with AJ right now. Uh, whereas with Daniel Bryan, you got a bunch of new stuff. Um, you know, you got, you know, rivalries with Orton and, and, uh, who, who else? Uh, Jeff Hardy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but you know, you have you have fresh feuds with Daniel Bryan, whereas AJ had kind of run the gamut for the most part. Yeah, I'd be interested in a, a heel Daniel Bryan versus Rey Mysterio. I mean, I'm very happy with what Ray and Randy are doing right now, and I don't want to rehash a lot of the. Uh, I mean, Randy's doing a lot of typical tropes with Ray, but he's doing them with his style. I don't need another program about how you're hiding behind masks and things like that. There's a different way to do it, but those guys, I think, would that would be a fascinating dynamic to see those two work together. Absolutely. Have they wrestled before? I don't think they have. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I, that, when I when I put it together in my brain, there it felt fresh to me. Um, Justin, can you recall a time these two would have ever touched gloves? Uh, I can. I'm, I'm going through it now, uh, but I really can't. If if they ever did, then it would have been by accident or, or tag team at a live event. But television wise, no, I don't think so. Yeah, on TV because yeah, I mean Daniel Bryan the whole time he was on the Indies, Ray Mysterio was pretty much with WWE or WCW, so it wouldn't have been on the Indies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and with Ray, if Ray can overcome Randy Orton here, right, he would be coming off of a big hot win in an emotional feud, and I, I would, I would think primed to go up against a guy like Daniel Bryan. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Do that at the Rumble. Do my sign language, yes. If anybody <laughs> watching. From writing doesn't can't hear um all right uh let's go back here to the ring uh we get a, another vignette for lars sullivan uh he's coming to raw or smackdown there was also I, I don't have it on the news here but there was like some rough old social media posts that came up from lars do you guys, you guys read about these correct yeah they're like 15 years old on like some a bodybuilding forum i think or an mma forum yeah Just, being an ass on you know uh, on a message for him i think he was a teenager mm-hmm. clearly yeah. that doesn't affect what you know and it shouldn't i mean people change i mean if, if you're the same person you were when you were a teenager then you've done no evolving well i was just sad i was just bummed to hear it because you know this guy right now is i feel the kind of character that is needed in the mix again with braun going down and brock's part-time who's you know big show's gone 
who's the monster right now? It, it bummed, it just bummed me out because it took a little luster off it for me because now I can't tweet about Lars Sullivan without somebody sending me some stupid thing back, right? <laughs> we, it, you know, it, it, it gums up the, it gums up the fun for me. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying this about Lars since he was in NXT. When I, when I, you know, I'd say of all the guys in NXT, he's the one I see uh, in the main events right now, and uh, and it's clear they got big plans for him. The, they're pushing him hard. They're pushing that Raw and SmackDown are, are kind of like fighting for him. So he's going to get a big push. This, you know, the stuff from 15 years ago, I think, would be forgotten pretty quick. Where do you yeah. want to see him, Justin? Um, you know, I, I mean, I think Raw probably needs it. You know, it's a longer show, and they, they've they've Raw suffered the the blow of of, of departures with Roman and, and and Braun for the time being. So I would say Raw, and I mean, I can't help but think, uh, you know, again, they keep dubbing him the Freak, the Freak versus the Beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I I, 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 I kind of had a little bit in my mind, kind of like when Brock Lesnar came from OVW. Now, granted, Brock kind of came. Uh, out of nowhere, they, they didn't do. I don't believe they did vignettes uh, building to him. No, so it's a little different in that aspect. But I mean, the ring with Paul, right? I think it yeah. was. Like that. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, he, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, if, if 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 they if they have as big a plans for Lars as we think and as it kind of appears to be, um, that you know, Brock Lesnar did all that stuff in that first year. I mean, that's still kind of like you know, besides his freak athletic look and abilities. That's what made him. That's what gave him the immense credibility. So if Lars comes in and gets a big win, whether it's against a Brock or somebody, I mean, it's got to be somebody big, and Brock's about as big as you can get right now. Yeah. Um, that 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 kind of instant credibility. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go back to the action here. Following that Lars Sullivan vignette, we got Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Rusev. Uh, Crown Jewel. They were in the pre-show match at Crown Jewel. I thought. Honestly, I, I don't know who I, I know. Crown Jewel wasn't very well watched. I don't know how the pre-show was watched. I thought these guys had maybe the best match of Crown Jewel. It was very good. Um, you know, uh, we go to the uh, yeah. This was not much of a match here. We go to the ring. Out comes the United States Champion Nakamura. Rusev comes out as he enters the ring. Nakamura immediately drops him from behind with the Kinshasa. Uh, before the bell rings, Nakamura put the boots to Rusev. Delivered another Kinshasa. Nakamura left up the ramp, but runs back down, drops Rusev at ringside again as the fans boo. Uh, Nakamura raises the tile, go, title, goes back up the ramp. We go to a replay. I really hope we get the, the get some time. I think they work really well together. Uh, people want to cheer Rusev. He needs the right villain right now, and I think that Shinsuke as a villain needs the right good guy. I think these two, there's a lot you can do with these guys. Yeah, you know, match wise, I, um, I I did see their match, and and it, you know, it was good, and you know, so I wouldn't mind seeing a match again. And that's obviously what we're going to get one here inevitably. Um, and I'm a big Rusev fan. The, the the thing is, it always comes back to like, it comes back to like talking me into the building though about it. Like Nakamura's promos aren't, you know, I mean, I. I <laughs> The best stuff I've seen in Nakamura's promos is when he was doing the I don't speak English when they kept asking him for an explanation for his actions against AJ Styles. And obviously they can't just do that forever. Um, you know, Rusev's got a got a certain comedy charm to him. So I, I, I want I, I'm not sure how they're gonna really sell this, sell the match before the match, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I, I hope that they can deliver something that's a surprise to me and, and pleasant a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick, I agree with you. I thought they had the best match at Crown Jewel. Um, but 
Rusev has kind of been struggling since they split him up from Aiden English. Aiden English is, you know, MIA, which I think a lot of us predicted would happen once that feud ran its course. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see Rusev get more mic time, really, you know, make this more personal than your standard feud. You know, make this like Rusev is really out for revenge. Maybe have Nakamura do, do, I don't know. I know it's PG WWE, but accidentally kick Lana or something like he's going for Rusev nails Lana. Yeah. You know, do something where it makes it really personal and, and we can get Rusev that fire back. So, um, I, I, you know, I think if done right, this could be something, but they haven't done much with Nakamura since he's turned heel. He's just been kind of in the background. So this could be it. Yeah, I, I agree. These these two are good fit for each other right now. I like the idea of Nakamura kind of dastardly staying one step ahead of Rusev with the surprise attacks. Or I think you're right, making it personal, doing something with Lana, maybe backstage while Rusev's during a match. You know, like a shh, you know goes into the room, kid, full kidnap kind of deal, whatever. But so, yeah, right. I mean, come on, uh, let's have some fun here. But uh, you know, these uh, these guys just work really well together, and. I'm ty- I do agree that he's lacked something since Aiden left, but we've seen a lot of comedy Rusev. It's time for this guy to get angry. Let him off the leash. Uh, these two work a very physical style. A lot of fun that can be had here. Anything you want to add to that, Justin, or no? You said it all, everyone. Thanks, buddy. Kidnapper. All right. Back to the bre- back from the break. Are still to come. Women's Battle Royal with title shot implications is still to come. Uh, we're going to get to Jeff Hardy 20 years uh, since his debut. We come back from the break, and the entire roster is out on the stage. They're clapping. Michael Cole is in the ring with several blown-up photos of Jeff Hardy on display, and Cole starts to praise Hardy as he introduces him, and, and Hardy comes out to a big pop. I before I, go, before I go any further, I would really like it if we don't do the whole roster at the top of the ramp thing for just like a year or so, right? It's lost its luster. It just seems weird to me now that these guys always have to stand next to each other after they nearly rip each other's faces off. Well, and they do it, yeah, you because know, they do it so much now that you're just for the charity stuff. Just to, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, you want to keep your, you know, uh, belief suspended. Uh, uh, or whatever that saying is. <laughs> the yeah. suspension of disbelief. You want to keep that during the entire show. It's not like in the middle of Friends, they just start, breaking out a character, you know, or breaking bad, they don't break out a character for a, a PSA. Hmm. Uh, you, you do a separate commercial, a separate video promo, do that. Yeah. Don't just keep them separate, make it seem like they don't like each other. Cause I think the storylines are hurting and that's affecting the ratings and just the popular popularity of the product overall. I do. I would like it if like they're in the coffee shop on friends and somebody walked up and was like, are you David Schwimmer? And he's like, oh, yeah, David Schwimmer. yes, don't smoke back to friends. Uh, uh, all right. Cole talks about how Hardy officially debuted with WWE 20 years ago, shows us a video package of highlights from his career. We come back to the video, the roster clapping, the fans chanting his name. Hardy doesn't know what to say, but he thanks everybody. Man, he's so cool. Thanks guys. Uh, Hardy says he can't believe he did half of the crazy things that he saw in that video. He goes on and says he experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but no matter what he's gotten himself into, people have stuck by his side and he's eternally grateful for that. A huge thank you, Hardy. Uh, chance starts up. Uh, I know that Jeff had an issue here a couple months ago, like a DUI or something, but I have to admit this guy looks healthy right now. This guy looks good. His eyes look clear. This is like the healthiest I think I've seen Jeff Hardy look at it in a long time, right? 
Yeah, Hardy looks great. And yeah, the incident you mentioned, I believe, was back in like February or March. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was before WrestleMania when he was still injured. Uh, it was a DUI. Um, I mean, the guy has been through hell and back, and he looks great. So uh, hopefully he's, you know, on the Hardy, if you haven't seen it, the WWE Network, they have this Hardy documentary that they did like i think it was like may or june and and they talk about jeff's problems and and the dui uh earlier this year and uh you know jeff i mean he's he's been putting in the work i mean he's had his relapses but it, he's you know hopefully he stays the path but he's he's been looking good physically uh, and not in the ring i feel like he looks beat up in the ring but uh, otherwise he looks you know he looks good when it comes to the wrestling part Right. When it goes time to wrestle, the other non-wrestling stuff looks very healthy. Right. Exactly. Um, Hardy signaled for a delete chant. He says he wouldn't be here if it weren't for his wife, Beth, and their daughters. He gives thanks again for making this night possible. He gives thanks again to them for making this night possible. He says this is far from a retirement speech, and he doesn't know what the future holds, but he wants to find out together with everyone. He takes everyone again. He goes to leave, but he's interrupted, and out comes Samoa Joe with a microphone. Joe congratulates Hardy. He asks him to forgive his tardiness. Joe says he was in the back popping bottles and about to come out for a toast, but we can all agree that a bottle of champagne around Jeff is not a good idea. Ugh. Right? Right again. We just talked about the, the issues of only a couple months ago. Uh, stiff. SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon steps forward to get Joe to back off, but Hardy stops Shane, telling him to let Joe through to the ring. Joe, now speaking from the ramp, brings up the video package on Hardy's career and says he was probably too incoherent to remember any of it. Joe says he does says he does not celebrate weakness and second chances, especially when there are men like him who haven't received their first. Jeff gets another quick delete chant going. Joe can't believe how Jeff allows himself to put up uh, to be put up on a pedestal after the mistakes he's made year after year. It makes Joe sick. He says he let the people down just as much as he made them stand. Joe says people like Jeff never change because the demons are always lurking in the background waiting to take control. Joe says the next time Jeff becomes powerless, he knows it's going to happen again. And he and Joe will be there with his handout for a one-step program, but it won't be painless. Jeff says no matter what he says, Joe can't rain on his parade tonight. He says he's walked the tightrope for 20 years. He almost ended his career 20 times, but it's about the moments. And he asked Joe if he'd like to make a moment here tonight. He drops the mic for a fight, but Joe walks up the ramp and with his back to the fans as Jeff music hits. Very personal. Shades of uh, Jeff Hardy, CM Punk feud. Uh, it seems like Joe taking a page from that book. Uh, were you a fan of this, Justin? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, I say it all the time. You know, when you pull from some real life stuff, when you mention real life stuff, it, it just usually works. It connects because the fans know it's it's real, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, or it's referencing you know something that's that's real. Um, it, it's it's a new feud for in WWE's world of having these two, so that intrigues me. Um, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it getting personal. Um, you, you know, Jeff, obviously Jeff's fine with it. You know, if they're doing it. Um, you know, he I yeah you know, I've I've gotten to break bread with Jeff several times, and I can tell you that he's he's very. It, just just as he is on screen, he's very open and honest about that he's not lived a perfect life. He's, he's had his missteps. Um, you know, he just he doesn't hide who he is. He's, he's just very open about that. So I, I think it kind of is very appropriate that they're you know, they're going to use it. And especially if, 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 if especially if they can always find the silver lining of, you know, the guy's made his mistakes, but he's still trying to be a better person, still trying to, get, you know, he makes his mistakes, but moves on from it. I, I think if they can 
you know, weave that into the story than it fits perfectly, you know, I guess with the uh, PG dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Raj? I, I thought it was great, you know, kind of what you alluded to with the uh, CM Punk and, and and Jeff Hardy feud. They, they've done these these storylines in the past and they usually work pretty well. They're, uh, they're you know, memorable. You know, you had Jericho and CM Punk mm-hmm. and you had uh, Jake Roberts and Jerry Lawler back in the 90s. Um, depending on where they take it, you know, I think it would be great. Samoa Joe has been unbelievable on the mic. Um, I can't tell... Um, if w- you know how sometimes WWE will try to send talent a message by how they're booked and how they're treated, even though they never really tell them what the issue is. Uh, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see how Joe is booked in this feud because he's been uh, really kind of uh, relegated to the backseat lately. Um, he was beaten quickly at Survivor Series. Uh, he's just been beaten nonstop over the past several months. So I think it'll be kind of telling to see if, if he's in the doghouse or anything, or if that was just, they weren't putting the title on him. So he had to lose a bunch to AJ. He had to take the quick survivor series thing because no one else on the other team could, I don't know why, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, but I think Joe has been outstanding uh, with his promo work. And I thought he was great here. Yeah. Well, a lot like uh, Rusev Shinsuke. I just think these guys are in a, a position right now to, to need each other a bit and bring the best out of each other. Well, after stalking uh, Wendy Styles, maybe he'll go to the Hardy compound. <laughs> Stalk that family. Stalk the mower blonde. Man, I, I just pitched the, the Lana kidnapping angle. We can't go. Not everybody's wives can be kidnapped. All right. <laughs> so, much, so many wives. Can, kidnap his kid. That's true. <laughs> Not a kidnapping in wrestling history. Should take a look back at that sometime on the site. Um, still to come, The Miz versus Kofi Kingston. We go back. We go. We come back from the break. We get a WWE Shop Christmas segment. This one features Naomi and the Usos. They get to do the honors. Um, then we have a match between The Miz and Kofi Kingston. Uh, these guys, I always really enjoyed you know, the way they work together. Uh, Kofi flies around. Miz is generally unlikable. Um, Kofi, Ken- Kofi Kingston uh, picked up uh, the win here with the Trouble in Paradise, and Miz's losing streak continues on SmackDown. Where are they going with this, do you think, Raj? With the Miz's losing streak, I don't know. We haven't seen many storylines where a guy's on a losing streak and it ends up being something great. Um, I, but Miz, he can pull it off. He's got the, uh, you know, he's got the character, the mic skills. I loved his stuff with Shane McMahon last week. I thought it was hilarious. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot of times when they do do a turn, a babyface turn or a heel turn, they will have him lose a lot before they officially turn him. So maybe that's where this is going. This is somehow leading to a Miz babyface turn because it seems like the fans are, are willing to accept him as a babyface now. And he has been he has been funny. No yeah. uh, no progressive Lucha House Party rules last night for this match. Mm, yeah, thank God for that. Um, yeah, I just I, I also thought that they were doing a lot of hard teases here for a Miz babyface turn. Numbers at uh, disadvantage, three on one. Miz was flying around. He, he did the uh, baseball kick to the outside, baseball slide kick the outside taking out Xavier and Francesca. Um, yeah, he was acting like a babyface. Is Are New Day's going to be heels then? That seems weird, right? I think this was probably a one-off. He probably moves on to someone else next week. Some people are asking what I meant by the progressive thing. Renee Young was saying Lucha House Party rules were progressive and, and, and how can anyone not be for it? And it's backwards wrestling if you're, if you're not, in, you know, in favor of it. So that's what I was referencing. But anyway, I, maybe, maybe it's a multiple week thing, but uh, yeah, maybe new day helped turn Ms. Babyface, and they all are buddies by the end of this. 
you know, who knows? I do think it. Ha- I do think it has to end result in being the Miz having an official babyface turn. You know, he loses a bunch. He kind of gets some, you know, sympathy on him. Um, and, and uh, I mean, if if they've been determined to have Mania to be Brian and Miz, and maybe we all thought it would be, um, you know, we all thought it would obviously be the babyface Brian versus the heel Miz, and that you know kind of made sense because because that they they seemed you know Brian was so over as a babyface and Miz is such a natural heel, but now. Now Brian's off and running, doing great stuff as a heel again. Maybe they just switch it, you know. Um, and I could see that for Romania if they if they really wanted to. Yeah, I feel like ever since this feud with Cena, with him and Maurice and Cena and Nikki, the fans have been way more accepting of a Miz babyface turn. You know, it's been for a while now where you see him get you know pretty good pops from the crowd, and 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 when they boo him, it's more like booing him in fun as opposed to hate booing. So well, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like saying you suck to Kurt Angle, right? Yeah. And if you watch Miz and Maurice, you know, the, they had SmackDown as a lead-in. So I would imagine, you know, Miz and Maurice did well in the ratings for a lot of those fans that stuck around and saw a different side of Miz. Miz is very likable in Miz and Maurice. They're both pretty likable in that show, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's maybe where it started was the Miz and Maurice thing. I don't know where it goes, but I wouldn't be so dismissive of the idea that the New Day is not going through some evolution of their own here. I mean, it is interesting that they were put in a position here to help baby Miz. And uh, I don't I don't know necessarily if that is the end of the road. It, the New Day needs a, if, a yeah. shift in energy too, you, Mike. You, you could have uh, uh, Miz beats one of the New Day next week, and then uh, and then the following week, the New Day beat him down and turn heel. I, I, the New Day new, needs something. They've gotten stale. I think they should break off Big E, personally. Yeah. But, uh, they they the need new, to do something. If the New Day is not turning... And Miz is that makes it begs the question. And they, if they wanted to outnumber the Miz last night, why didn't they have the Miz have to fight against like Sanity or somebody? Like have have true heels outnumber him if they really like that. So it is an odd choice. You, you hope they have some plan for why they chose New Day. Sanity, yeah, they're on SmackDown. United, <laughs> United, we purge. I believe is the last thing I heard from Sanity. Yeah, Nikki Cross disappeared after that appearance. Andrade Almas is MIA. <laughs> and look, there's a natural feud with Sanity and Miz because the Purge took the spot of Miz and Maurice, right? That's the that's the Sanity show. <laughs> yeah. I don't see them going with that storyline, but it's true. <laughs> All right. Anyway, United We Purge. I'll never get tired of saying that. It was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in a wrestling program. Anyway. That would, that would be an interesting feud because of the stark differences characters with the Miz versus Sanity, you know? Yeah, and I, that's why I don't think it was an accident that New Day was put in this role here to baby Miz, you know? And it, look, if Miz did at beat pull off the victory here and then New Day beats this guy down afterwards and they smack Francesco over the back of his head, I would be fascinated to see how the fans react to that. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd much rather it go that way than it ends up with them all dancing together. So yeah. I agree. I'd like to see that. I've watched these men roll around in candy and gravy enough. It's time to have an edge again. Yeah. Uh, all right. After the match, uh, New Day celebrates in the ring with pancakes. No more. Um, no more pancakes. Waffles now would be the heel. Uh, New Day. All right. Still to come, the women's battle royal with a title shot up for grabs. We see a sinister-looking Randy Orton backstage. He will address his recent actions against Rey Mysterio tonight. Back in the break, Rey's out there. He's holding Rey's mask in his hand. Apparently, uh, Randy Orton is traveling around with Rey Mysterio's mask right now. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah, he posts photos on his Instagram of him with the mask. and Yeah, I mean, he's you can tell Randy Orton is a different is a different person as a heel. He feels a lot more motivated. He feels a lot more like he's enjoying what he's doing. 
Yeah, he's very good at what he does. Him and Ray, I love this chemistry. Uh, Orton says people have used all kinds of negative words to describe him and his actions against Ray from last week. He says he would use uh, – he, he says the word he would like to use is euphoric. He goes on and he says he's never understood what was so special about this piece of trash that Ray Mysterio <laughs> wore on his face. Orton said he's never bothered to learn uh, because he didn't care about that culture. Orton says – what he did last week wasn't to disrespect Ray's culture. It was to hurt Ray and bring him down from the pedestal that people have put him on. Orton wanted to prove that Ray is just another one of Orton's victims at the stage in his career. Uh, another victim of the three most destructive elements in sports entertainment are. And then before he can finish saying KO, music hits. Ray comes out. He's wearing a neck brace. Ray rushes the ring, but Orton meets him outside and they go at it. Orton launches Ray into the barrier a few times. Orton takes the next brace off, sends Ray over the ring. Ray kicks Orton as he enters. Ray with more shots to Orton, sending him to the ropes. Ray nails the 619. He keeps control, hits the 619 for a second time. He goes outside of the ring, grabs a chair, raising it in the air as the fans are going crazy. Ray brings the chair back into the uh, Ray, Ray brings the chair back in, but Orton rocks him as he comes through the ropes. He hits a the second rope, dragging DDT onto the chair. Orton goes to the floor, kicks the chair away. Uh, Orton uppercuts Ray back into the barrier as the referees warn him. Officials run down, try to stop Orton as he places the chair under Ray's throat and slams that chair right around Ray's neck. Some fans boo as officials check on Ray and Orton is backed off. Brutal. Great. Awesome. I loved it. Any, anything else? You know, everything was well done. Uh, I can't. Everything was well done, but I'm not really that excited about this. I, I, I don't know if it's just because, like, I kind of figure, like, you have Orton and Ray. Uh, I don't know. I'd rather see them work with new people, younger people. I don't know. I just the, the, and, and the whole mass thing, I mean, like, you know, Ray's, Ray's been wrestling in front of, you know, American wrestling fans for over 20 years. How many times have we done the whole thing about the mask? He wrestled without a mask for a period of time. I mean, I don't I just... It, it, everything was like the promo was good and like the, everything they did was, was good but i'm just not really i don't really get that excited for it i'm with you justin it just feels like it's all been done before i'd rather they have someone else do this angle with ray um exactly. again i guess you know again andrade cian almas not doing anything and have randy orton be the psycho killer on on someone else and uh and, guess- and it just feels fresher uh go ahead nick well for me it's like yeah we've seen it right because we're older but for like a new generation of wrestling fans that haven't been exposed to how good these guys can be together, I think this really resonates. For me, I, I I don't I don't necessarily always have to see things through the guise of how I perceive it because I know there's a lot of wrestling fans out there where this just comes across as very polished. Well, I will say that yeah, obviously. So if we want to if we want to talk about newer fans or younger fans, but I, I will say that you know Orton is credible to them. And then so having Ray come back and if Ray, you know, beats him, you know, I, I understand that, especially if we, if we talked about earlier, if we saw like a Ray versus Dan O'Brien uh, as a champion, you know, so, I mean, I get that. I, I, but I am speaking for me. I am speaking from 31 year old of just, I just don't, the, the whole, the, the mass thing's been done that I've seen in my lifetime too many times. And I've seen Ray and Randy work, you know, a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up here. Uh, I didn't realize that we had uh, gone as long as we have here. I just lost myself in the conversation. Uh, back to the break. Shane McMahon is uh, backstage with the World Cup trophy. Miz asks him where he was just now. Shane was right here, he says. Miz goes on about uh, trying to make their team happen, but Shane says, we're not a team. Miz acts like the trophy belongs to both of them. 
He says they are family, weirdly, and Shane needs to act like it. <laughs> Miz leaves <laughs> and Shane looks befuddled. Uh, it's very cable guy ish. <laughs> family. Um, we we wrap it up here. Battle Royal to determine who's going to join Becky and Charlotte. Asuka is going to uh, battle. She she wins the match here. She's so a great moment, by the way, with her and uh, uh, Sonny Deville at the end. People really enjoyed seeing those two hook up, I thought. Um, the announcers hyped the first ever women's TLC match with Asuka, Flair, and Lynch. Uh, title on the line, Asuka stares at Flair and Lynch as they look on from ringside. Lynch talks trash back at Asuka, raising the title in the air. SmackDown goes off the air. Asuka's staring down everybody. Great addition, and I'm glad that they uh, seem to be acknowledging the huge pops that Asuka's still getting despite not necessarily getting the strongest push. Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, it's good that Asuka won. Uh, it'll be a fun dynamic of those three ladies. Um, it's a TLC match, and there's a title, so I don't know if that means that you have to grab the title from the ladder to win. Yes. Or if it's gonna be, but, okay. but any, any which way, though, as soon as they announced that they're going to put a third person in this, a third lady, I just immediately thought, okay, this is just going to be a way, whether Charlotte wins or Becky wins, just a way for somebody else to be involved in the finish. So that way they, Charlotte and or Becky could be protected. That's, that's all I get out of this. I mean, I mean, to me, I see, you know, long, like my, my long-term booking right now, I see Charlotte winning the title back, um, but Becky somehow being out of the fold. So, you know, Becky's kind of like, I lost my title, but I, what, I don't know. I, I can see somehow Charlotte wins the title back. Becky wins a rumble. Becky challenges Ronda. And that's that. But I, that's the only reason I see Oscar in this again is literally just to help take some blows. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot that you had to uh, climb the ladder to win the title because when they added Oscar, I had the same thought. I thought Oscar was taking the fall from who you know, most likely Becky. But uh, uh, you know, and I like that they added Oscar for one reason. I think Becky versus Charlotte in a singles match is bigger, so that's why I don't do it at TLC. Do it at a bigger show. Um, and I, you know, but you you bring up a good point, Justin. Um, if it's not that you have to pin him, it's a great opportunity to get the title off of Becky for now, have Oscar win it, and then you can have Becky win the Rumble and go after Ronda Rousey. And so she never loses the title and goes after Rousey. That's your big mania match. And then you still do Rousey versus Charlotte you know, at the Rumble. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how you do that. You could have Charlotte win and still do your champion versus champion, so no titles at stake. But, um, yeah, I, I like the addition of Oscar. I think Oscar has been... Uh, terribly misbooked you know over the past eight months you know since mania and um it's it's good she, she make she'll make the match even better and a little little fun fact there oscar wins uh there last night and that was the same arena where she made her uh debut there you go i, I do i hope oscar i hope oscar takes the title becky and charlotte don't need a title right now they've got enough going where you could i could watch them just wrestle into wrestlemania oscar is the champion becky and charlotte on the chase uh, I'm with Raj on that one. I think that's uh, that's a far more compelling story. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the ladies to wrap it up here real quick. Um, we have a story. About, well, let's talk first about Mixed Match Challenge. The women are uh, are involved in that as well. Uh, the team of uh, Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman, now Ember Moon and Kurt Hawkins. Very weird how that happened. Uh, what do you got here, Raj, about these Mixed Match Challenge ratings? Yeah, the numbers are just really down. Um, you know, they, they announced that step a few weeks ago about how the, the winners, you know, the, they get the number 30 spots, you know, trying to boost interest. And last week's show peaked at 17,000 viewers. And, and we're talking about, you know, when they started, they were doing over 100,000, 150. And this is for live viewership. And, and last night... Uh, so last week was 14,000, I mean, and last night was 17,000. So the viewership has really fallen off a cliff. It's way, way off of season one. And um, 
yeah, we'll have to see if, if they continue with this the show after the season, which is ending in a couple weeks. I hope not. If if it does continue on, make it a network uh, show. Um, add it to the Wednesday night lineup. I I don't think Facebook is the right format for this. I'll be interested to see if they hold on to the the winning team gets to be number thirty in the Rumble, or if they just like hope that nobody remembers that. Yeah, <laughs> how how good is it that Braun is out of there now? Because you know, it, with that step and him and Ember were so far ahead, you basically have to have Ember taking all the the pins to get out of it. So Braun isn't number thirty because it's him and Brock. Well, know? technically now Kurt Hawkins would be number thirty, I think. Right? That's the new partner for Ember Moon. That's yeah, what I mean. Lost so, uh, I, that's what I mean. I wonder if they would just, you know, when I, when you start seeing all these substitutions for this show, that means nothing. That nobody's watching. Like, I wonder if they'll just like, oh, everybody's going to forget about that. <laughs> I, I, I will say I'm very happy for Kurt Hawkins right now. Him and Zack Ryder are, are doing some great work over with their uh, wrestling figure podcast. Uh, the stuff they've been doing, uh, the YouTube specials, the network stuff, has all been very strong. I think that those two is like the American pickers of toys is an incredible piece of programming. And I'm happy that, you know, it sounds weird, but he's getting rewarded with being put in the mixed match challenge to step up from doing absolutely nothing, which is what he has been doing for a while now. Um, And uh, uh, why don't you, speaking of the ladies, uh, let's wrap it up here, Justin. You want to talk about what's going on with Ronda Rousey here? Well, I'll just kind of give a quick tease since I know we ran over just to encourage people to check out when the story does get posted later on Wrestling Inc. But uh, basically... Uh, as we've uh, as we've you know had reports and heard um, for when WWE moves SmackDown to Fox next fall, that you know Fox wants a uh, kind of a more sport feel to SmackDown. Uh, so going along with that, uh, I've learned uh, that um, Fox would like to have Ronda Rousey. So on SmackDown, once SmackDown moves to Fox, so uh, you know that was a new information that I hadn't heard and I hadn't seen anywhere else. But when I heard it uh, and, and talked to some people, I'm not surprised. It makes perfect sense with what we're hearing. So uh, you know, I, you know. Talk a little bit about that uh, in the story that'll be posted on Wrestling Inc. Uh, later today. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Sign me up. It seems like a, a hell of a way to go. Uh, get things kicked off on a, a major network. Um, and, uh, you know, we have some other news here. I want to shelve it. The Winkley drops tomorrow, guys. Head over to iTunes. Subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio. Uh, we're going to be talking. There's an update on uh, Baron Corbin's TLC match. Uh, some changes that be being made to that. Uh, we've also got some news about some uh, pay-per-views that have been announced for after the first year that are going to be happening between the Rumble and WrestleMania. Really just all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a jam-packed episode of the Winkly tomorrow. I've got Conan. I've got Swoggle. I'm supposed to talk to Booker T in like an hour and a half. Uh, we had Michael Weissman out at WrestleCade this past weekend. Uh, we're going to be releasing his interviews with Nick Aldis and Jack Swagger as part of the show as well. Uh, I'm also slated to talk to Justin Credible. He's uh, going to be in a documentary about himself called Credible. We got him and director David Gear. I don't know if I'm going to include it this week. We may save it for next week, but if I, you know, I get frisky, whatever. We'll do a jam-packed weekly tomorrow. Uh, Michael Weissman's also going to uh, join me to talk the news of the week. No Jesse Collins. Uh, he'll be returning next week. So lots of fun stuff. Go over again. Wrestling Inc. Audio. You can get this show. You get the raw review. You get the weekly. You get all the audio from Wrestling Inc. Over there. Uh, Justin, anything you want to plug, promote over, or put over before we wrap it up here today? Uh, at Justin Labar, it's got everything. It's got links to uh, Chair Shot Reality, which we have two episodes left that we're doing. Uh, it's got my weekly audio podcast, Wrestling Reality, and of course, also links and such to you know, exclusives like like I just mentioned, with Ronda Rousey, and whatever other thoughts that come to mind. End of an era. Two more episodes of CSR, and then Justin's going to see a lot more of me. 
because we're going to be talking more. Uh, I'll tease that. Uh, Raj, uh, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here? There's just, just tons of content coming up. So just keep checking out the site. I mean, it's, it's for, for, it's just been crazy busy. So keep checking out the site. Yeah, guys, go there every day. Make us your life, Wrestling Inc. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. Goodbye, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.